back again to the trekway i'm having to remember which podcast i'm on because i'm on a few and i almost got the title wrong there um so i was doing my football soccer fo- podcast the other on grace so i was getting a little bit confused my strange head. new football <laughs> i like it you're on to something mate you're on to something hello greg Avers back um with myself we are back for the next review episode of strange new worlds which is not as good as last week, but not as bad as it was a few weeks ago. Safe to yeah. say, Gray. Yeah. Yep. It was kind of okay, I guess. Um, and this one today is... We're, we're, we're plowing on. We really are plowing on. Um, streaming doesn't take much of a break, unless you're Netflix. Um, it tends to just play for 10 weeks and it's done. Uh, so we are more than halfway through. We've got four episodes left after this, which is a shame. It's too short, man. Ten. It should always be like around 12, 13. Yeah, do it. Superman I mean, and Lois and stuff used to do it certainly anyway, like 13, 15 episodes. I get that 20 plus is too much now, but... Yeah, mainly because of the expense. It's always down to the money. You know, that's that's why Superman and Lois went from 15 to 13 to 10. Mm. Of course, the strike, it'll be about a year before we see that <laughs> So you will watch Battlestar Galactica then, because you have nothing left to watch, mate. I probably because there's there's a bunch of stuff I just have sitting in my list that I might as well get back to now because pretty soon the trickle down the trickle down is already happening, but it's going to get much worse real soon. The people that listen to this and watch this comment below that or and say demand that Gray has to watch the modern Battlestar Galactica and tell him how good it is. So it's not just me that's saying this. So other people got and he goes. Oh, I'm, ah, okay. I'm sure it's good. I just gotta get around to. <laughs> He's busy really watching. A lot of stuff to watch. Um, so today is season two, episode six of Strange New Worlds, called Lost in Translation. Um, which uh, don't get me wrong, it was it was alright. I think we will still get some of the best episodes ahead, which is good. Looking forward to the Gorn. Uh, but we'll kick off anyway. Um, and as usual, Gray will jump in if he's got any comments and whatnot. Um, I'm always a fan of uh, Starship Eye Candy. Uh, so is Grey, um, sure. as I've said before. So I was really pleased when I saw a beautiful opening shot of the Enterprise in a stellar nursery. This is where some, a lot of their budget goes, Grey, I guess, uh, in the special effects. And they're done well on like, B-rated sci-fi shows. It's expensive business, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing that I think is kind of cool is just that you know, they in the original series, you know, back in the late sixties, so forth, they only had so much to do. I mean, they did a great job. Don't get me wrong. When I was a kid, it was like the latest and greatest, and it still holds up pretty well considering. But there's so many things you can do now that they couldn't do in the original series, and things that you wished you could see, and now we're actually seeing it. So it's kind of cool to see the Enterprise, the the older Enterprise in the timeline, yeah, being able to see it in its more of its glory. Yeah, because we've seen we've seen the Enterprise in the later editions in its glory in the movies, but to see the original original, you know, is kind of cool to see yeah. all these things going on. It's so the, pretty neat. It's the kind of Coda paint. It's the uh, the lack of CGI goodness that we actually really need. I just hope they get it closer to what TOS looks like 
by the end of its run. That would be nice if it, after a mm. big battle near the end of the Strange New Worlds run, and it has to be a big battle, of course, we want the pew-pew, that it needs to go through almost an Enterprise-E type one-year-plus makeover after it gets smashed up, and they actually change the hull plate and significantly enough that it looks like the Enterprise from TOS. And then we are mm. full circle, so... Enjoy it now while you can, guys, because um, it does look really nice. Um, I think so... the only other thing I would really like to see, and I, they got to be thinking about this, is that when the last episode is, whether it's season three, four, five, six, ten, whatever, whatever it ends up ten. being. Behave. Uh, well, we can always <laughs> hope. Um, they need to be able to hand it off to Kirk, and he becomes captain of the Enterprise and flies And he off sits in the bloody chair. Sits in the not chair. Not until then, not then... before. Right. And then he takes off and, you know, whatever. And that's good for two reasons. One, it's the proper handoff because we know it's going to happen. And it also opens up the possibility of having new, newer TOS episodes now. Mm. Which, if they wanted to do that, they could. I mean, they could just continue, you know, the early voyages of, of uh, Kirk and the, and the crew when he first took they over. Could. I never thought of that, Gray. Well done. Oh, heck yeah. And you gotta, you got to know they're thinking this. I mean, come on. They wouldn't be introducing Kirk in Strange New Worlds just, just for the fact that he's Kirk. I mean, that's one reason. The other reason is it's quite possibly will spin off into its own thing, and we'll hear the early voyages. So, What would you call it? Star Trek, the early voyages? Is that too corny? We can do better than that. Uh, just, Star Trek. We can't call it just Star Trek, unfortunately. Star Trek could... new, new new classic. Nah, that's not... <laughs> I have to think about that one for we, a while. We, I put them on the spot. I'm really sorry. Yeah, if anyone's got any other suggestions, put them below. What would you call a <laughs> in between series? I guess this anyway. is going to be a while though. By the time that that <laughs> actually comes about, it'll be a few years. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hollywood's current situation is not helping us there either. Um, mm. So, the reason. Uh, they're in a uh, I almost jumped the gun the, the reason they're in a stellar nursery which is always I mean Grey and I especially Grey love all the space eye candy stuff in general and, and current times and in, in real life mm-hmm. and you see these images all the time from like Hubble and James Webb and they look stunning and you get some of this in, in here they're in there because they're actually Starfleet's building their refinery and as soon as I saw this refinery Grey I got um flashbacks of sorry to to damage you again star trek insurrection i think it was where uh they've got those devices that were collecting like particles from the atmosphere which would have stopped the uh de-aging process of the local was it the baku mm-hmm. um so I, I got vibes of similar kind of ship designs when i saw this but it is a station that they are building and they're going to collect and process deuterium because that is starship fuel and you find a lot of it in stellar nurseries apparently so makes sense but but why would they do that if we see later on caveat spoiler enterprise refueling herself on the spot why 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 do that if starships can refuel themselves i don't do you know why I, it's a good. That's a good thing you brought up. I don't know. The only thing I could think of is that that's a process that they would rather not do if they don't have to. It's not and, proper and, fishing, or not every ship can do right. it, or all of the above. Right. It, it'll it'll work, but it's almost kind of like uh, 
kind of like buying petrol or gas that's not quite refined. It, it'll, it'll, it, your car will run on it, but it would run better if you put the, the good stuff in. Yeah, true. Eh? Makes oh, something a, like that. It makes a good point. You get the, the fuel that uh, F1 cars take, the super unleaded, the super really good stuff. So, yeah, that makes sense. Got to fill up with the good stuff. Um, and uh, I put a little comment here, which uh, I was I was fishing at the time with Gray, and I caught, I caught a fish in Mr. Gray with this comment, <laughs> the whole difference between a gas station and a petrol station, and he, he did bite. Um, I, no, I, I liked, I found that amusing comment from Pike when he's talking about, uh, you know, it's equivalent of a gas station. And I'm thinking, well, it is. It's American writers, it's an American show, but we're now in the 23rd century. So why they call it a gas or a petrol station? I, I don't know. Well, first of all, technically, Pike calling it a gas station is more true than ever because... Oh, it's no. He's caught a fish back. So it's, it's right. It's catching <laughs> gas in the truest sense. Yeah, right? True, so true. really, he's correct. But in terms of gas and petrol, the funny thing is, is that, yes, technically, a petrol station would be more correct than gas station, which is what we call it over here. Uh, My yeah, only yeah. thing, I, I believe the only reason they call it gas station here is because essentially the cars were burning gasoline the fumes from the petrol. Yeah. So they said, oh, the fumes are gas. Mm-hmm. It's a gas station. Yeah, petroleum but, and gasoline, they're, they're, both people are, both sides are not wrong, right? Gasoline and petroleum are things. They are sure. both things, so they're, they're both correct actually. Um, but yeah, that's funny. He, uh, I'm just, le- I, I was about to just like leave. I went, Gray's got me back. He's, he's got me a good one there. That's <laughs> you literally are right. You literally are right. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's nothing to do with being an American thing. It's actually factually accurate. So, um, so yeah, it's a big ass gas station essentially, um, and we do I see it look that. pretty cool too. You can't really see it clearly because it's surrounded by gas, right? Mm-hmm. But what you do see of the of the of the of the station, the refinery, is kind of cool looking. Mm. And we see some stuff on the inside and how it's built and everything. We've never well, seen when we saw before. when we saw the inside of it. Great people thought, including I think even Trek Central, on the reviews from or the teaser trailers from before, that that was more shots of the inside of the Enterprise, which mm. I can get if you think about what's sitting along the nacelles. What's what's long enough for that for that to actually be. That could have been right. that. But no, it wasn't. It was the station. It was the station yeah. all the time. Um, so we do see the nice shot of the Enterprise fueling up, and that was cool. I love stuff like that. I really do. We always wondered what those red collectors yeah, what do they were. do? Bizarre collectors <laughs> or whatever they're called. Um, they, actually, they actually gave them a function instead of not having a function. They open up. They take the gas in. They possibly don't refine it. I don't see how they could, so Gray's probably right what he said before. Um, love shots like that. So did Gray, because we don't see shots like that, and they could have never done that in TOS. They, if right. they tried that in TOS, they would have, you know... Broke the bank, and the show would have been cancelled after one episode. Ripped the universe in <laughs> half, or something tragic would have happened. But yeah, no, they didn't do it. This is why I like Strange New Worlds. It's kind of TOS with the budget that it, TOS deserved. Um you know, the other thing I think it looked like, too, or for people that used to or maybe still do tinker in cars, especially years ago. Yeah. Um, there was things called ram scoops that were attached yes. to the engine of the car. And you would open the ram scoop to let in more air to give the uh, uh, the engine a bigger boost. So it looked like that. It looked like it was opening it up like a ram scoop. Like, we're going to suck this stuff in and really go. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't know what a ram scoop was until I watched Star Trek Insurrection. 
where Riker's talking about opening up the ram scoops with the intention being <laughs> the intention being of ramming it down the sonar's throat. I remember that line very well. And I remember the officer sat beside him getting extremely attracted to Riker's hard man, I'm going to kick your ass type attitude. He was almost Kirk-esque for a moment there, you know. Um, but yeah, we're already di- diversion. Um, so yeah, nice, beautiful shot, the Enterprise refuel, and like to see that. So there's grey. Um, and we kind of get Hemmer back in this, and the actor that plays him, Gray, did say that he would be back, but not in right, the way you might how. think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was sweet. I personally found this sweet. It was mm-hmm. in a tutorial video helping Ahura, because Ahura was showing some brief interest in season one in engineering stuff, and Hemmer was helping her. So he's decided to actually start making tutorial videos for it where he's pulling her chain he literally is like don't press that oh you, you blow up the ship no i'm only kidding i'm joking <laughs> so it's so it's youtube of the 23rd century yeah yeah it really is yeah youtube it's still there um it's it this comes from um here i hear something on the bridge that's a kind of weird kind of strange noise that i didn't note down and and she doesn't know what's going on so she goes down and she's actually literally doing diagnostics and trying to resolve the issue herself which is fine, and that's where I think Pelia comes in at one point. What are you doing? I'm allowed to be here, or you know, I'm trying to fix things. And Hemmer showed me this, that, and the next thing, and it was a lovely scene. I I miss yeah. Hemmer. I really got to get yeah, rid of him. I don't know why they get rid of him when they seen how popular he was. Why? I just I just think they wanted to show that the realistic stuff happens, and you know, people. I don't. I don't. I also don't think they thought that Hemmer was was as would would have caught on so quickly with the fans. Yeah. And I think if they had to do it over again, they probably wouldn't have done it. Um yeah. because right now Pelia is being the new chief engineer, even though I mean the actress has she is Carol good. Kane has a that she's good. But I and I'm not saying anything bad yet, but she still hasn't quite grown on me yet. It's still too early. Yeah. Whereas where but the weird see this is the weird thing though. But Hammer, for some odd reason, really really hooked up with me quickly. I mean, I got to like Hammer very quickly. Well, and it's I, his, and... his attitude and his tone. Look look what he said in the video. Yeah. He was playing a little practical joke that he's funny. He's got a dry sense of humor yeah. and wit. Exactly. I think there's just a lot of things, you know, kudos to the actor as well, but a lot of things about the character just, just clicked really quick. Yeah. Uh, not knocking Pelly, I get it, but it, she's not clicking as quickly as for me. Uh, at least not yet. That's not a bad thing. It's yeah. just that she's not clicking as quickly. That's all. You, you said the actress that plays her. Um, she is American, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she is, has quite a resume of stuff she's done. What is it? What can I? I mean, I know she puts on that accent for the role. Is she? Was she got a midwestern she, accent, an eastern accent? Uh, I don't know. She's she's done so many different accents and stuff. I'm not even sure anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's she's done a lot of comedic roles. She's done serious roles. She's done a lot of stuff. Ah. You know, if you if you Google her on, uh, you know, on uh, Wikipedia or IMDb, you'll see the stuff she's done. She's done quite a bit. Okay. I believe she's in her mid fifties, hmm. something like that. She, she, you, you know. can you can tell like she's done comedy before because she, yeah. she is ideal, perfect for that role. And I, I she won't replace Emma, but she's good enough yeah. for me at the moment. Let's say she's slowly growing on me as well so by then she won't replace emmer but she'll be a suitable replacement i guess so i think part of the problem maybe it's just me because other people don't have maybe don't have this issue 
But I find her accent to be tough to get used to. Oh, like, tough, be times tough for she... her as well to say that. Yeah, because when she's delivering certain lines, I'm not quite sure of every word she's saying. And, you know, with Hemmer, he was quite, you right. know, his, his, his diction was perfect. You can understand me, but you can't understand her. Yeah, but her <laughs> accent's like, I don't know where her accent is. It's all over the place. So I'm trying to, like, you know, get used to that. But that could just be me. Some, You know, I, I've noticed, like, on some uh some uk uh programs that i might see because the accents vary so much from scotland to england to wales but um the thicker the accent gets in whatever area they come from the harder it is for me to figure out what the hell they're saying <laughs> um and on some in some ones when they really get into some of the thick cockney stuff I don't have a clue what they're saying. I actually have to put on the subtitles so that I can, so that I can see what they said. I'm going like, because damn, I want to understand what's going on. I mean, I don't do it that often, but there, but there are Sometimes. occasions where it just gets, it just gets too much, and I just gotta go. Damn, I'm glad the subtitles are there. I don't know what Pele's accent is based on. I'd love to know if anyone knows. It's, please tell us what part of the I world think it's it, from. To me, it sounds more Austrian-Hungarian kind of. Yeah, accent. Yeah, you know, which makes which makes it that much harder to understand. So she's basically the twenty third century of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Then. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, like, there you go. Chopper. She's just a lot smaller. <laughs> get to the starship. Um, I can just I can just see her doing it. Yeah, get to the get to the transporters. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I know we're diverging, but um, it was a smaller notes anyway, so I, I expected to fill it out a little bit. Um, I hope... Diversion is our is our staple on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want your opinion, uh, Gray. Um, there's nothing to stop them if they kill off another engineer at the end of this season um, <laughs> to finally get it right and bring in Scotty early. There's nothing in canon to say that he can't come in at any time. Am I right? Well, yeah, and I think part of what I was saying about when the series ends, handing it off to Kirk, that's also around the same time that it should go right to Scotty, too. So why? I'm kind of hoping why, all. No, why can't it be engineered soon, like season three? Well, I'm or not. Four? I'm not saying. It, I'm not saying that it won't happen. But chief engineer. Right, but I. Th I don't think they're going to do that. But because for continuity reasons, they've already killed one. They brought in another one. They're not going to get rid of her again. Um, I mean, it's possible, but I kind of doubt it. But still, I would like to see Scotty come in somewhere in the final season of, of Strange New World, so that mm. it's kind of a, you know, it passes along and. And if I really want to get what I want, it would be kind of cool to see it pass along and you see Sulu and you see Scotty and you finally see Kirk. Yeah. And then boom, off don't, into the void. Don't, don't bring them all in at once because you'll spoil it. Just bring them in slowly but surely. And then by yeah. the end, you've pretty much got everyone. Yeah, that would be good. I'd, I'd be I mean, heck, you could just have a shot of Kirk and his first command on the Enterprise, go for a wide shot, and you could see, let's say, an Oriental looking guy steering the ship. You don't even have to say he's Sulu. You would just know. Just assume. Yeah. He, wouldn't, he wouldn't have to say a word. Yeah, true. You know, so we'll see. It, this, these are things that we as Trek nuts would love to see, but whether it happens, eh, we don't know. Yeah, this is true. Uh, we'll, we, let's hope it goes on for a while longer anyway. So, mm. um, so yeah, love to see him or back, uh, but Pele is, is, is not quite the same replacement, but we are liking her so far with her sense of humor. Um, unfortunately, though, uh, who is... You know, from this signal which she's hearing, whatever, only her herself at this moment is hearing this, she starts hallucinating. Um, and she actually sees a zombie version of Hemmer at one point. 
and was freaking why, out. Why did, why did they have to put a zombie? Just zombies are everywhere. Why? Yeah, somebody had to sneak I, a zombie I'll in the tell, Star Trek. I'll tell you why. Because that episode that he died in, he was infected with that zombie-type virus, sure. which wouldn't have turned you into the same zombie as he looked there. Well, I don't think so. But that's why he jumped off the, the, the back. Of, and you saw a, a flashback of him jumping off the back of the Enterprise, which was heartbreaking. Sure. Um, he right. had that more realistic version of the zombie virus. And uh, he wanted to kill himself. So that's maybe what it looked like. They were exaggerating, mm -hmm. of course. It yeah, was yeah. pretty horrifying to see him like that. Um, but he was right. The actor was right. He did come back in not quite the same way. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm thinking at this stage, the girl really needs some sleep, but her has not been sleeping too well. <laughs> she's not. <laughs> she's not. She's just things are on her mind. She's, she admits this to Pike. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see him or back regardless. Anyway, now mm -hmm. we have a couple of Kirks in this episode, so that's why I'm referring to Sam Kirk and James T a lot separately rather than Kirking Kirk. out. Kirking <laughs> out. Double double Kirk is never a bad thing. Um, <clears throat> and because we don't really know much about his brother from canon from TOS onwards, it's nice to actually see a bit more of Sam. Um, so James T's back. Um, and he's not based on Enterprise. Normally, he's based in the Farragut, uh, but Sam Kirk is based in Enterprise. So there's a little bit of beef between them as well in this, this uh, episode, yep. which is nice. I like to see brotherly banter because I have a brother as well. Um, and they're they're enjoying uh, a wee drama whiskey, and they're actually having Scotch whiskey. I actually saw it was actually you. It, yeah, it was yeah. so it was so you think it, it was so authentic. It, was whiskey without any at the end. That's how authentic it was. <laughs> but that bottle, that, that bottle must be old. It's the, yeah, oh well, yeah, 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 pretty much, yeah. But then they wouldn't I'm call it. I'm, I'm sure the company is still producing it even in the 23rd century. But they wouldn't call it Scotch whiskey, so that was the thing. If it's whiskey without an e, it would just be called whiskey for us anyway. So that's the confusing thing. Yeah. But I, I like their little authentic touch they put in. Uh, they're none of this synth whole crap that seems to be. I don't know if it's TOS onwards or next gen onwards, but they're not drinking synthol at this stage. Yeah. Uh, they're still going on to shift next day with hangovers. Um, so they're having a little disagreement about their careers, which I, I, I like this little bit, Gray. Um, yeah. Turns out, uh, the, I don't know, the progress of Kirk, if you want, how fast he's progressing up the chain. He's now been made first officer of the Farragut, which is the fastest ever at this stage. Not a surprise, because, I mean, uh, from canon, does he become captain of the Farragut before he becomes captain of Enterprise? Or is it um, first officer to the... I can't no, remember. I, don't, no, I don't remember, but I thought it was first officer Farragut, and then he was offered captaincy. No. Of the Enterprise, but yeah, they mentioned that he was the youngest ever first officer in Starfleet. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so they're starting to build the character of Kirk and nice how one. unusual he was, you know, and stuff in, I think in this series, which is cool. He made Captain of the Farragut in the alternate universe episode uh, last last uh, season, so I don't think that'll happen this time around because I don't recall it being in canon. So yeah, um, he's been made first officer fastest ever. Um, and Sam doesn't seem to be too enamored by this news. He seems to be a bit, and it basically comes down to what we think of uh, Sam being a little bit jealous. 
but I kind of don't understand why when Sam is an officer on board the flagship, and he actually says that at one point later oh, on. Oh, yeah, he says, he says it, it later, like, I'm on the flagship. So yeah. you, you, you stick to your fire to get in your first officer business. I, I'm on the flagship, man. Get Put that in your pipe and smoke it. I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> um, so they're having a little... Are you dis- still there? <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Hmm? I, it, it's weird because all I see is my the picture. lines now. I don't see you. Did my picture freeze? No, no, it's all distorted now. It's like you're completely gone with a bunch of weird looking. Oh, I'm artifacts. still, I'm still here, mate. Trust me, and I can see you fine. So we're okay for my end. Okay, because it's my Hopefully end of recording. <laughs> for my end, Hopefully it'll clear up. No, for my end, um, I'm doing recording, so it should be fine. Uh, sure, people. See, too. I'm in, I'm in the U.S. Everybody, and he's over in. Scotland, but it's the first time I've ever seen him disappear and replaced by a bunch of bizarre artifacts all over. Well, I've been taken. I've been taken over. Oh, you're taken. back. Okay, now you're back. You're back. Good old <laughs> Discord. Was, yes, was never gone. <laughs> we love Discord. It's so great. It does suck a little bit, doesn't it? Um, so yeah, sorry uh, about that, folks. No, no, you're, technical glitches happen, but we are raw on and unedited, so uh, we will carry on. Um, and I'm too lazy to edit. There is that as well. Um, so little disagreement about their careers, which I found amusing. Um, they always love to, you know, blow small things in TV uh, TV shows out of proportion. And that was this little small thing to get blown out of proportion. It probably wouldn't happen in real life. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of thought it was more of a sibling rivalry thing because you could see they yeah. were going at each other. It's yeah. like, well, you know, I'm on the fast track to captain. You know, you're doing xenobiology like wow and then <laughs> you know and he's and he's going like xenobiology is serious stuff man he said even, even just because i'm not a captain and then they got into the whole thing dad like you best stuff and i'm sitting there going like yeah that's a classic sibling rivalry right there <laughs> so it, it so it made sense and, and they definitely have a thing and then later in the episode as we see again they get into another little tiff that was funny yeah um, uh, yeah, yeah. we'll get to that but uh yeah just some strong sibling rivalry like going bananas no. Nothing wrong with that. It's a, it's a little bit healthy. Um, yeah. We also have another catch up this time between uh, Spock and Chapel. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, and I'm glad they kind of addressed it in this scene because I, did, I, did, I did jump want, over it. Yeah, you didn't want to just like, oh, it was just that, and we're not talking about it. <laughs> you know, so it is, this was kind of cool. And it you was. do notice that when, what what were they doing when they were catching up? Well, they were just chatting. No, they were playing three-dimensional chess. Oh, yes. Yeah, so they were. They were. Yeah, yeah. And that's a... For some of the fans out there that don't remember, uh, the original series introduced three-dimensional chess. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though it's not widely accepted because this, the, the normal chess is accepted, there is it is a game, and it is played, and it does, it does exist. Uh, and basically all it is is three boards instead of one board, and you can move pieces instead of diagonally on the board let's say a bishop you can also move them down in a diagonal pattern or or, you know whatever so it's a lot more there's a lot more involved to it you know and stuff but uh, that was nice to see it again yeah it was it was it's uh, i'm crap at normal chess so three-dimensional chess i would get my my arse handy to me but yeah yeah you used to be able to play chess i don't know i played chess for a short while way back and i enjoyed it a lot and i won most of the games I played, I won. But after a while, it's just like, I, I can't take this the, the mental acuity thing that long. <laughs> yeah. like, it kind of started getting heavy. You and then when I started playing people, well, well, when I started playing people that were serious about chess, 
Yeah. Okay. I thought I was good. Nah. Six or seven moves. I'm done. <laughs> I'm toast. <laughs> that man is. Wow. Go. <laughs> and I'm going like, oh man, how did that happen? And I'm looking at it like I can't figure out anything. <laughs> so it's just like, okay, I'm good. I'm done for now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's this is why we play video games now, Gray and I. Potential, but not right. that much. <laughs> Overall, video games you could do easy, hard, nightmare. You know, on chess you can't do that. It's just the game. <laughs> this is why I don't like playing games with too many puzzles and tasks in them. When I was playing Zelda, I when I get stuck after a little while, I would just check how to do the dungeon because I'm not doing this. Yeah. I use my brain for work. I, I want to relax now, so um, that's amazing. I do the same thing. I have a limit, like to how many times I would do something over and over again. So if I do it over and over again, like whatever more than six or seven times and i still don't got it i go yeah youtube <laughs> <laughs> hey nothing wrong you know, with no uh, no so yes they are having a little catch-up spock and chapel um and they are decide they're discussing if they should tell starfleet about their situation because it's not necessarily frowned upon uh but certainly in in militaries around the world just now it is but I think in the future there, it's a case of they've got to announce or inform Starfleet of any kind of relationship. I guess it just covers their back. But they kind of decide that they're not going to say anything about their what's happening because they just want to, to see where it's going to go. So maybe there's not anything. Maybe there's nothing to tell Starfleet about if that makes sense because they right. don't know where they're maybe going to go. So they're going to get it on clearly. That's fine. Um, mm-hmm. And now we we have Ahura having even worse visions now. Uh, and at this stage, we don't know what's causing them, of course. Um, mm-hmm. She's seen really horrific scenes, um, so much so that she actually turns around and uh, lamps uh, James T. Kirk in the face because he was just trying to help out while she's uh, at the bar having a drink. And she does say the nice, funny line of, I really don't want to be hit on right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's James T. Kirk. It's kind of shtickiest thing. I don't think he was hitting on her though, or was he? I I, I don't know. I know. I I think I think he was only doing it a little. Yeah. But she was in a she was in a state right now. Where I don't even want to talk to anybody, kind of thing. <laughs> you know, because of all the hallucinations. So she just took it further and and said, you know, don't no more hitting on me. And he was kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> very sorry. Very sorry. Yeah. She's not in a good situation at the moment, so she doesn't want to be hit on a pole. So she hits on him instead, literally, physically. Um, he, she, she's seen, uh, you know, dead people and horrific things, uh, and she sees then a, a alter, like a another version of her actually at one point, who's mm. trying to like control her and hold her back, and that's why she turns around and literally hooks this person. That actually turns up being Kirk, which was a bit of a surprise. Um, he wasn't expecting this. His nose get busted up. He yeah. says, "Listen, we won't talk to anyone about the fact that you just hit a uh, superior officer, officer in the face. We won't. <laughs> we won't go to sick bay because you could get into trouble for this." So he's been a bit of a legend right now, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, this whole time, they've been having problems on the the space station i guess it is technically a space station refinery they keep losing power and whatnot um things keep going wrong it's been months and months behind schedule this thing should have been up and running already but they turns out there's a little bit of sabotage in there cue the song from the kelvin verse star trek movies sabotage by beastie boys i really like that song just don't like the kelvin 
uh, movies. But I yeah. thought of that. I thought of that. Sorry, Gray, to do that to you, man. <laughs> I was like really hoping they would play this song. <laughs> that's like that's like the uh, the song from uh, what do you call it? Enterprise. Oh uh, yeah, the one that actually sings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, like horrible, a... horrible man. No. It'd be fine if it was not in Star Trek, if it was a song on its own, you'd be like, that's beautiful. Yeah. But it's not. Don't have it in Star Trek, thanks. Um, so, yeah, there has been sabotage to that station. Um, uh, then this this comes about through a conversation between Pele and Una, number one. Uh, they're not getting on. There's a little bit of a... This is the episode of rivalries a little bit, yeah, and bitching and moaning. Uh, they're having a little ding-dong about one another, and Una is basically like, don't go with your gut. You go and make sure, get these systems back up and running. Please don't follow your gut. Of course, we find out later on that Pele has used her gut, and that's why she finds out about the sabotage. Um, and they find out the saboteur. It's a guy called Ramon. Um, not to com- confuse with the band, the Ramones. Um, he is... He is <laughs> good, all right, band, decent band. Um, he's cuddled in a little corner, like absolutely doolally bonkers, yeah. lost the plot. Like, in opposition, kind of like not making much sense of anything. It was him that sabotaged everything. So they do what any good Starfleet officer did uh, kick him out of uh, airlock. No, no, uh, they, they took him to sick yeah, bay. They, they him. No, yeah. <laughs> That's what we probably do now. <laughs> they took him to sick bay on board the Enterprise. Um, and that's where Benga's actually doing some testing, saying that the, the, the language uh, parts of his brain have been damaged. And we're starting to slowly get into what's going on with these. Uh, audible signals that uh, her is hearing and this guy's hearing as well at one point. Um, her has seen some... She keeps seeing horrific things. She sees everyone on the bridge getting sucked out into space. Spock just goes bye-bye. Um, and we don't know why this is happening at this stage. All will become clear. I do like how it becomes clear. I just We'll talk about a rant yeah. and why we gave it the score we did at the end, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, your boy Ramon goes a little bit nuts. Of course he does. Uh, he attacks in Bengard. Actually, I think he gets one of the scalpels and like yeah, tries to slash him out, and he cuts him yeah. across. It. Thankfully, it's just superficial, and it's not it's not deep, so he, he's fine. But still, he makes a run for it. He bombs away. Um, you thought at this stage, Gray, um, early on, that something was trying to commu- uh, communicate with Ahura. I didn't. Like, so you're obviously two steps ahead of me. <laughs> yeah, because I thought it was they, they kind of made it a little too simple because when she first started hearing the voice, the, the whatever, the sound, mm. immediately I could tell that it was a voice. You can it's just you couldn't understand what the voice was saying. It's like robotic same, or something. or Yeah, it had the same kind of timber, timbre, whatever they call it, of a voice. And I'm going like, OK, so she's hearing a voice. And somehow she's going to have to communicate. So I kind of figured that one out real, real soon. Not that it ruined the show. I just kind of wished I would have been figured it out later. But yeah. I picked up on it pretty quick. So, and of course, in this episode, she's lucky that she's not getting as scrambled as Ramon, at least not yet. <laughs> um, but this is what's making her nuts, which, which understandable. She's losing sleep. Uh, we didn't say that at the beginning, but she's losing a lot of sleep. Um, so she's you know, making this worse, you know, and still not getting the hallucinogens. And they're all thinking that she's going nuts and she's not really. 
So it was that. So all that was good. They didn't know what to expect because they didn't understand what was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was. It makes sense. It was a kind of signal that she can't make out at this stage. Uh, certainly, anyway. Um, so this is the episode, let's say, of reunions and catch-ups, and we have another one mm-hmm. where Laan uh, comes across Kirk again. And seems a little bit uncomfortable. Gray mentions here about sexual tension going on from her. Okay. Anyway, he's just been his usual cool yeah. self, you know. <laughs> no, he uh, he wants the sexual tension, but he doesn't know, and she's already she's already feeling it because she had, he was she was with Kirk in another timeline. So it's just kind of like okay, this is why she called him before randomly after that episode or at the end of the episode. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. let's go to the bar for drinks. Um, and he didn't forget that too. He goes, "You're still owe me a drink." Yeah, 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 yeah. She's, She's like, like oh, "Oh crap!" Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ahura finds uh, Ramon. Uh, she splits up from Kirk. She goes to find Ramon, um, but he isn't listening. Uh, language sectors his brain damage, so he's not listening. Um, this bit was a little bit. This was a little bit nuts, but I liked it. He whatever he was doing, it led to a part of the nacelle blowing up. But Kirk kind of, you know, gets there just in time, sees what's about to happen, mm. grabs Ahura and asks for an emergency beam out. Um, so you've noted here, Gray, and rightly so. This is the the start of what makes him such a good officer that he can see things that are about to happen. Yeah. I think it's it's they're they're building his legend early, of what he was, <clears throat> excuse me, what he'll become. But the whole scene to me is that he, as soon as he came into the room, he just assessed the situation within a second and knew what was going to happen and just grabbed you her and said, "And be you know, beam us out now." He didn't even waste time. He knew what was going to happen, and this is what Kirk's all about. He figures these things out faster than anyone else, and then boom, they get out of there before it explodes. So, all good. He smells danger. He smells danger. Um, yep. So, no, uh, it was pretty impressive there. Uh, obviously, uh, Ramones went bye-bye. Uh, and I, you never see how bad the damage really was. But I'm not saying the, the whole... It wasn't the whole in the cell that blew up, but it certainly uh, a little chunk of it blew up. So they're not yeah. going to I mean, work It looked like soon. a fair chunk of it blew up. Like the side, like it was like the side. Like the side blew out. Yeah, they're not going the to work end. anytime soon, are they? No. No. It's, it's... And they don't. They don't even mention that either. So they just kind of, you know, they don't. Which was a little bit of a, I wouldn't say bad writing. It's just something you you mention that significant. You mention something about after. I would do. Yeah, uh, I would expect the engineer, Pelly or some engineer, <laughs> to come on and say, "Well, you know, we're not going anywhere with that blown nacelle, you know, whatever." But they just kind of gloss over that, and that's kind of oh, all right. Whatever. Yes, they do. Um, so, yeah, um, they get out just in time, um, thank God. Uh, otherwise, the whole Star Trek would be ruined forever. Um, <laughs> nice, yeah, awkward conversation between uh, James Kirk and Laan. Um, an even more awkward conversation between uh, Pelia and, and, and Una, actually. That was the, the because of their beef beforehand, um, they kind of tried to make up their difference. Uh, basically, um, <laughs> Uno was calling Pelia uh, kind of reckless, called her a space hippie, which I, I know I'm jumping the gun by saying that little bit here, but I found that hilarious because, I mean, yeah, I cause don't... Because she, she looks like one. Well, she, no, she does, but I don't... <laughs> 
I noted here, Gray, that while it's true, a first officer never ever speaks to their crewmen like that, ever. I mean, I know it's a TV show, but you mentioned here the military aspect is definitely a lot looser than it should be, and with Ortega, it most certainly is. I don't really like that part for me. No, I don't either. I, I think what should have happened, is, and what typically happens when you do that, is that one or one of the officers says, if I may speak plainly. Yes. They always say he that. That's permission. And as soon as they say that, and the captain says, you can speak plainly, then the fireworks start. <laughs> because because they're telling him to speak your mind. Go ahead, no problem. So yeah. she should have said, can I speak plainly, please? And then they would have said yes, and then they would have had the argument. So they kind of skipped over that. And even though that's just a small thing, it was something that really should have been there because it makes sense. Yeah. You yes. know, and stuff. And I mean, uh, Ortega's a different situation. I think, I think they're... I think they're trying to show you that she's a different kind of person oh, and that and that you need to accept that that's the way she is. And I and I guess to a certain extent you can, but yeah. It's still a little much. It's still a little too much. I, we are nitpicking. I mean, it's a TV show and it's not, you know, it is kind of loosely based in military aspect, but it's just yeah, that's not ideal. Um so yeah, uh the next Bit seemed a bit far fetched for me, you know. Obviously, what your opinion, Gray? Um, mm-hmm. Sam Kirk and Ahura, along with James T, he's there, of course. Think um, an alien race um, from another dimension that lives in the Tutorium is actually using Ahura uh, and using Ramon to communicate with. Now, this is at the time, this isn't what we know at the very end of the episode. Um, yeah. You thought some communication was going on there at the time. I just thought when you're hearing about life forms in Jeterium and they can't communicate, I got that bit. They find different ways to communicate. I just, mm-hmm. I just the way that at, the, at this time, bear in mind, not what we know at the very end. At this time, I thought it was a bit far fetched. I'm guessing you didn't think that because you thought there was communication going on pretty early on in the episode. Um, I, I, I go. I mean, you go. I go along with you on this one, except that you. You're, it bothered you probably a little more than me. However, mm. I thought that that the basic concept of what they're of, of what they're talking about or how the life forms communicated, etc., was actually really good. I liked it, but the way that everything was resolved was to me way too easy and way too quick. Yeah, yeah. It was almost kind of like, well, okay, now they've just found out, you know, that the aliens are, are trying to communicate. Okay, great, it's proceeding the way it should, and then all of a sudden, it's almost like. Hey, we only have 15 minutes left of this episode, so let's speed it up. And all of a sudden, it was just like (laughs) everything starts getting resolved. It starts happening faster and quicker. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yes. You know. So, so so to me, that's that's a little bit of sloppy writing. They should have they should have gradually brought it in in within the time of the episode. But everything was just going like, and I'm like, what? Yeah, I know that writing, going back to the episodic form of Star Trek is a challenge because they've been so used to for several seasons and years doing the serial arcs that they've done in in modern recent Trek. But bear in mind, they've done so many series and seasons of the episodic stuff that, you know, it can be done. Um, So, Like like all of Star Trek. Yeah. So (laughs) it's been episodic with with arcs, but, but mostly episodic. So like. But, yeah, you know, watch the older stuff, guys. That's how you do it. Um, so yeah, no, yeah. just it, it's just, it's a small nitpick. But then obviously, what we find out after does make the whole alien race communication thing a bit more believable. The universal mm-hmm. translator uh, works on some uh, common denominators in language to um, 
turn sounds and words and stuff into something that people can understand. But they couldn't do this with this alien life form. They they can't communicate in the normal way. And you get examples of this in Star Trek. Not often, but you do get examples of it. Uh, mm. Think of uh, Discovery, the last season, where you got those life forms that were not anything like we ever seen in Star Trek before, that lived outside the galaxy. That's how advanced they were. And they used kind of light patterns and stuff to communicate. I found that aspect fascinating. So now, at this stage, when they are hijacking bits of the brain, the language centers, to then give you visions, that was their way of talking to you. And Ahura's starting to put things together. Ah, I know what they want and what they're talking about. So was Ramon. That's why he blew up part of the nacelle. He was trying to stop the deuterium getting refined because that's what kills the life forms. Yeah, it's like putting them in a blender. It's like putting you in a blender, Gray. You're not going to come out in one piece. You're going to come out in thousands of tiny little pieces. <laughs> Each one sentient. No, <laughs> this is Gray in the future. He's, he's advanced. Um, so and this yeah. is where I was saying that this is where I was saying that was a perfect example of what I thought was too fast because she started thinking and she started putting the pieces together like like lightning. Yeah. And I'm going yeah. like, come on, no, you're not you're not Sherlock Holmes here. OK, I know you're pretty <laughs> smart, but I don't think you're going to put it together quite that fast. You know, she's just gone. Oh, yeah. And the I got it. And I'm like that easy. Come on now. Yeah. I mean, at least spend a few minutes on it. Pacing is <laughs> a very hard thing to do in an episode, but it can be done, guys. You, you just need to pace it a little bit better, and it would make right. more sense, you know. Um, so, yeah, they kind of figure out what's going on, um, and they, they realize that starting up the station's refinery will kill thousands of them, millions of them, um, whereas the Enterprise, when it done it before, yeah, it killed some of them, but nowhere near as many as the the station would if they get it wrong. Hence the sabotage from Ramon. He's trying to stop this thing coming up and running. And it's a good thing that Pelly uh, did follow her gut because if she hadn't followed her gut, they would have never found out what was going on. Um, she yeah. found out with sabotage and why it was being sabotage in the end. Um, with Ahura's visions that she's seen, um, that putting, when she's putting two and two together, she sees mm. the shuttle crash aftermath that killed her parents because that was a thing that happened. Um, they, 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 they realise though that they can't shut down the station it's too far a, a, ahead Ahura's trying to tell Pike shut it down, take my word for it um, and I'm saying to Grey here in the notes would you as the captain try to shut down the station and then what he orders in the end it to be blown up because they can't shut it down based on what one officer says whether you believe her or not you wouldn't, you wouldn't really would you I don't think I would jump quite as fast as he did. But yeah. then again, uh, if you're trust going your to, officers, exactly. If you're going to trust your officers, and Pike is pretty a pretty, you know, damn good captain, and he's very keen on on things. He's, you know, he's one of the best captains that Starfleet's ever had. So you got to kind of go along. So he basically went along what he's what he heard and his gut, and just said, okay, if you're, you know, he believed that he was, that she was communicating. So if she was communicating, she saw a bunch of dead aliens. They had no choice. So he took it and he said, he said, listen, if Starfleet comes to talk to us about this, it's my call. Yeah, he did. He he didn't want you her to get in any kind of trouble. He says, it's my call. I'll explain everything. Which any good captain would do, to be fair, looking after his or her crew, you know. So I like that. I like that. Um, Yeah. I'd imagine it'd be fine. 
uh, blew up a whole station. Well, there's, there's, there's stations elsewhere. Get your fuel elsewhere. Got to, got to see the, uh, the photon torpedoes. That was kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Oh. Although, how accurate was it? Did, 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 did Enterprise and TOS fire many torpedoes? I don't think it did. It was yeah. mostly phasers, wasn't it? But they did fire torpedoes it was sometimes. More phasers, but yes, it did fire uh, photons. But was the it photons very fast and quick action like that? Mm, no, not quite that quick. And it was, they were white too. The, uh, they're like bright, bright white. But they're um, always so red you... in Star Trek at a certain stage, aren't they? So Right, right. And that only came more or less later. Yeah. I used to love the photons and the phasers, but the photons were always kind of cool because I love the sound of the, the, the noise. Back then. It was like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. <laughs> I, I think I had that as a back in the day where you could modify uh, uh, ringtones on your phone and text message mm -hmm. noises as uh, a message came in. It would be two shots of a photon torpedo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not a quantum. has to be photon. That's that's unique. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was Everything cool. Has sound. So, yeah. Pike does order the destruction of uh, several torpedoes into the ship as everyone evacuates really quickly just before, including the Farragut as well. Um, and then it blows it up. Um, and as Grace said before, he, he did like the concept of how it ended there, but just it was too fast, like you said, and, and I have to agree right. with you there. It was rushed really, really quickly. Um, what this slightly pissed me off. Ahura herself gives the orders to blow up the station. Um, I'm like, sorry, that's mm -hmm. not your job. That is the armory officer or the captain or the first officer, not an ensign. Really? No, I mean, the Am first... I picking gray? No, not at all. I thought the first time when she said, uh, Uhura said on the bridge, you need to evacuate everybody from the station now. And then they look at Pike and Pike gives the nod yeah. to go ahead because it makes sense. That was fine. Yeah, that was yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, but then when they when they you know started targeting it and she goes fire so so torpedoes now I'm like no 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 who, made, who died to made you captain <laughs> and the, but, but the same the funny thing was that when she said that then they look again at Pike and at Pike does another nod and then they they fire the torpedo so that was too much one nod got it second time no he so, should have just he should have barked off the command and said lock lock on fire now third time you're at job. So, <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, really. You're after the ship, so that was kind of dumb. I agree with you totally. I don't like that at all. As soon as it happened, I was just going like, "What?" And I'm Too like, much. cringing. I'm like, oh, "Too ah, much." I know it's just a TV show, but it's it's that it's it's based on some kind of form of reality and common sense. That's the whole point. That's why we love Star Trek in, in that respect. Um, I mean, and, and I'm not, and I'm, and I'm, like I said, I hope we're not going to get letters on this, but it's not. It, it's it was more of a thing. At least it said to me. It's kind of an empowering thing, so it's kind of like, yeah. okay, well, she's female, we got to empower her. All of a sudden, she's already empowered. She's the best damn communications officer in in Starfleet. Yeah, she's been decorated. Da da da. I mean, how much more empowered can you get, you know, than <laughs> that? But but the but the command was is that's the that's the property of the captain. He has to give that command, not just a nod. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, and do it because she said it. No, you do it. <laughs> at least the officers looked at Pike for the nod before, just going, "Yeah, at no least, bother." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if they if they if they hadn't gotten the nod, that would have been that would have been really bad. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was bad enough as it was, but with, but you know, without the nod, it would have been hard. I'm glad we agreed on that point. Um, but basically, that does the the that that does the job. Um, the the aliens know that they're safe, and we know this because 
Zombie Hammer is no longer Zombie Hammer. He's normal Hammer. He's standing there in front of a hoorah that just a hoorah can see no one else. And he smiles. And it was so sweet. It was really yeah. lovely, that scene, to see. Wasn't it great? To see a nice Hammer, not Zombie Hammer, before he leaves us for good. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then he just kind of, kind of fades away and all the aliens are all happy. He does. The, 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 the weird aliens are happy that we never actually bloody see. Um, so, as I said, touched on before, it turned out that Una was really annoyed at Pelia, which is kind of obvious. Um, but the real reason is because she kind of reminds her of Hemmer all the time. So there you go. Everyone loved Hemmer. Uhura yeah. loved Hemmer. Uh, Una loved Hemmer. They considered Hemmer a friend as, as well as a colleague. But also, right. <laughs> we find out that Una's professor back at the academy, because bear in mind how old Pelly is, was Pelly herself. Mm-hmm. And she gave her a grade C. So this is maybe another reason why she's p- pissed off. <laughs> she's like... It was kind of funny. He says, I, says, I researched that meticulously. That he was says, sloppy. It should, you know, it should have been an A. And she's going, that was sloppy. I was like, and that's what, that's what we not called her before. Your work is sloppy. There's a middle ground. Thought, well, sometimes you're official. Sometimes you're using your gut. Why don't you meet in the middle? I thought what was, what was nice and was still kind of sweet for Hammer is that once Paleo figured it out, you know, you're you're looking at me because I'm not Hammer, and so you're really a little upset. And then she says, he says, she basically said, "I've been through this many, many times." Because she's, she's her race ancient. lives to be hundreds of years old. Thousands. So she even. said, you, "You think you think you have it bad? I've I've gone through this with plenty of people." Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a good so. good point. You need to. She needs to remember her. Or, they both need to remember their place. I think. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I found that amusing. Uh, we get a nice little drink between Ahura and James Kirk uh, at the end, and I note here a little precursor to that kiss that comes eventually, although that's a long way off. Um, a long way. So that's how you got to start hitting somehow. Um, so that was amusing. And then the best way to end the episode, I thought, was the most important meeting that we've had of Strange New Worlds. And I can't believe this hadn't happened already, but it hadn't. James Kirk is introduced to Spock and the, 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 the camera kind of zooms in and focuses on their handshake. Hello, well, nice to meet you, Mr. Spock. I love that scene and so did you, I think, Gray. Yeah, I thought it was going to end at the handshake, but then uh, they said, you can have a seat, you know, so <laughs> yeah, he's true. They down. Yeah, and then they all start talking and stuff, so I was going like, okay, that was pretty cool. Yeah, future best friends there, people. Future best friends. Yeah. Um, yep. So yeah, that was the episode. There, it was. Um, it wasn't. Um, it was okay. Like I say, Gray, what score did you give it, and why did you give it that score? Um, I kind of agreed with you. I went six point five out of ten. Ah, I, I felt it. Was, <laughs> I know, but I thought, but I felt it was very worth watching. It's not that I wouldn't watch it if it yeah. was really terrible, you know, like we did a couple of weeks ago. But uh, yeah. but it was very worth watching. It just could have been better if they'd taken a little extra care in the writing and so forth here and there it could have it could have brought it up another full notch Agreed. and i just so i thought that was a little bit sloppy and they could have done a little bit better on certain scenes as we described but otherwise it wasn't terrible and it's definitely definitely worth watching yeah yeah it was, i say just i, I consider it okay episode um i like gray said i gave it a six out of ten as well um I was going to go seven, but I thought it was a little bit too high. When you're starting to get yeah. to six and below, it's it's not great. Um, I just put here decent without being great, which is a definition of meh, okay, I guess. Um, 
I did or maybe put, meh plus. I didn't put it down <laughs> meh plus. I did put it down. It wasn't for the exact same reason as Gray mentioned, but I do have to agree with that as well. It, the pacing wasn't great. I just, it wasn't an amazing story. I think that's where I came from, Gray. It wasn't a bad story. It just mm-hmm. wasn't amazing. And I know this is harder to do episodic TV coming up with ideas all the time, but that's why that's why you paid the pennies you paid or not as why well, we get strikes, but that's, that's another rant. So yeah, that was pre strikes. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly, mate. Of course, but it was a precursor. Um, so we will wrap up there. Thank you very much, everyone. Um, of course, as always, don't forget that uh, we are on the podcast at the same name, uh, The Trekway. And my man here, Gray, does have an entertainment podcast uh, called Gray's Green Room. Again, on the YouTubes and uh, the Twitters and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget, if you like game as well, and I'm sure some Trekkies out there will, including... I've covered a Star Trek review on, on, on this platform. Our friend uh, Nick does um, Extreme PC UK on all the usual platforms as well. So if you like gaming, you could tune into that side of things. But um, that'll probably be us, I think, Mr. Gray, until next week yep. where we come back for these those old scientists, which is a brilliant title. So I can't wait to see what that's all about. <laughs> um, but yeah, we will wrap up there. Uh, until next week, uh, thanks for tuning in, people. And Gray, do your thing, my man. Live long and prosper, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.